think there's just a lot of knowledge that can be shared, which is, again, why Fix Fest is such a great thing. It's that chance for everybody to come together and share and learn. And it's been really amazing just to see the, the, like, the passion in the room, all the people and all the great ideas that they're having. It's just been really great to meet everyone and, and see how much great stuff's going on across the country, really. Welcome to Restart Radio. I'm Dave Pickering and I make a monthly podcast for The Restart Project. The Restart Project is a London-based charity and social enterprise whose mission is to spark reflection and change in our relationship with gadgets. At this year's FixFest, 59 community repair activists gathered from all across the UK representing 25 different repair groups. We shared with each other our love for fixing, opportunities for collaborations and our visions for the future of repair. The day's theme was hope and many ideas emerged from it about how to work for sustainable and impactful repair action in our communities. This was the first FixFest UK Following on from last year's International Fix Fest, it happened in Manchester, the home of the first atom splitter, the first co-op store and the first programmable computer. In today's episode, you will hear recordings from the welcoming session that I did at the Fix Fest, as well as some of the conversations that I had with participants who shared with me their stories, excitement and hopes for the future. I'd like to welcome everybody once again on behalf of the Restart Project to the second ever FixFest. So, yeah. So the Restart Project is a London-based charity uh, running community repair events where people can share skills to fix their broken electronics while rethinking the way that we consume our technology. So Restart hosted the first ever FixFest last year in London for activists from around the world, but they realised that they needed to organise an event for everyone closer to home too. So like last year was more kind of global, but this year is kind of more local and that's, that's nice too, although local is a big... Uh, amount of space when we're talking about the UK. But we are all kind of local, I guess. So my name is Dave Pickering and I make the monthly podcast for The Restart Project. Uh, I'm an independent podcaster with a DIY aesthetic and as well as doing a bunch of other things, I often stand on stages and talk to audiences uh, full of people, which is kind of why they gave me this gig today. Um, And what I do, my thing is, is to stand on stages and talk to audiences, but to be awkward, right? I'm an awkward person Uh, and I sort of stand on stage and I am awkward right I might fumble my words uh, but that's okay right because I've come to find that standing on stage and being awkward but being kind of comfortable about being awkward has taught me that lots of people feel awkward right And, and many of us in this room today might feel awkward because this is a social event we're all speaking to each other and you know I, I try not to speak to other humans if I can help it um <laughs> But that said, you know, one of the nice things about being awkward in public is that you discover that when you do talk to other human beings from the point of view of like, oh, we have this common thing where we're awkward, then it's actually really great. You know, as much as I can joke about speaking to other humans, it's actually really cool to do. Yeah, it turns out that awkwardness is really relatable, which I wish I'd known that when I was in school because, you know, it was not relatable then. 
One of the things that I do is I, I host true storytelling open mics. And at the beginning of a true storytelling open mic, people come along and, and they say, oh, I, I don't want to tell my story. And they've got loads of different reasons for that. One, one of them is that nobody thinks their own story is interesting uh, because they know it already, whereas everybody else doesn't know it yet. So actually, their story is interesting. Uh, and the other thing is people are always scared of standing on stage or talking to other people, sharing things about themselves. But what happens at a true storytelling open mic is that by the end of the night, you're fighting people off like everybody wants to get up on stage and tell their story and that's because when you hear other other people's stories it sparks memories and stories in you and you're like oh I've got an experience that's like that and you know you hear someone get up on stage and say oh I'm awkward and I fumble my words and then you're not so scared about getting up on stage and being awkward and fumbling your words and so that's one of the things that we're here to do today is to like share our stories and our experiences and our perspectives on repair and repair culture and all of the work that everybody's doing and come together to kind of create shared stories and to create stories that are kind of mixing each other's experiences together. When you hear people in one session talking about something and it's something that's similar to you, then get together with them, talk to them about that experience. And yeah, we'll see our stories as kind of valid because they are reflected back from each other. And we'll create this wider story together about what we're doing here today. So the Restart Project's idea for today was to bring activists together who are working at the grassroots. The idea is for us to connect, to help each other, and to start seeking solutions at a system level so that we can move away from our throwaway economy. It's not enough to simply be quaintly repairing in our communities when the whole system is rigged against all of us. But don't get us wrong, community repair is really important. In fact, it's where we draw our hope and energy to take on the lobbyists, powerful companies and convince politicians to change, to make some changes. Our events are also where we have an opportunity to reach out to people frustrated, people who want to engage more deeply with the bigger picture of what's happening and to give each other hope as well. The theme of this event is in fact hope and we'd love you to take this with you into your workshop sessions today. We're here to talk about some negative things but like talk about them in a positive way to reach towards a way that we can make solutions rather than just commiserating about the problems. Hello, I'm Peter from Repair Cafe Belfast. Uh, we are the only regular repair cafe in Northern Ireland, uh, so we feel a wee bit isolated. So we're here today to make uh, connections and share tips with other repair cafes and other fixing events. We began by running events every two months at different venues around Belfast. We have recently started doing monthly events. Going forward, um, we are looking to support other repair projects around Northern Ireland in getting started. We are hoping to run a small conference, uh, not dissimilar to this, in Northern Ireland next year to get councils on board and to get um, other potential fixes on board um, around different bits of Northern Ireland as well. Hi everybody, uh, greetings from North Wales, Croeser, as we'd say. I'm just here really to pick all your brains, learn from people who've done it so superbly and start one. Simple as that. So I'm very keen on the Edinburgh Remakery guys, 
been following them for a long while and also the Repair Cafe Wales guys want to see you guys too. So here's to a good day. We are coming from Leicester. We run the Leicester Fixers and we've got a program to expand and create group across Leicestershire. So any tips to um, expand and communicate or anything like that, we, we're taking it. <laughs> and uh, if you want any task as well to communicate for us, you, we can give it to you too. <laughs> but yeah, we, we're looking to expand across the, the county and help people to create their own community repair event in Leicestershire. Hi, my name's Al Brown. I'm here representing Repair Cafe Leeds and I'm here really just to hopefully learn some new skills and also learn about what other repair cafes are doing around the country and learn a bit more about what Restart Project are doing in terms of kind of bringing us all together, which they've done physically here, but there's also a lot of online stuff which I've learned about this morning, which sounds really exciting. My name is Alice Penfold. I'm from Crystal Palace Library of Things. That's where I work, but I uh, help set up the Crystal Palace fixes and the Crystal Palace repair parties. And I've come along today to sort of learn from other people and also share what we've learned from from running out repair parties this year and I think there's just a lot of knowledge that can be shared which is again why Fix Fest is such a great thing is is it's that chance for everybody to come together and share and learn. I'm Divya Pajara I'm representing Leicester Fixers uh, which do restart parties in Leicester and are expanding out to uh, Leicestershire as a county in our county outreach program. I'm also very active in Leicester Hackspace. I help run a lot of the events and activities at Leicester Hackspace. And what are you hoping to get out of coming to the Fix Fest today? Ideas, overcoming some of the issues that we have, some of the difficulties, sharing ideas and experiences with other fixers and other organisations that are here today about um, how to expand the reach of our organisation, ideas that we have that can help them solve issues that they have. I'm Steve Merrill and uh... I'm Nikki Middleton-Jones and I'm from the Pembrokeshire and Makery and we're here at FixFest today to learn more about our right to repair and share what we have learned and also find out what other community repairers are doing in their region. We started the the Pembrokeshire and Makery ourselves. We've always lived this way. We're really passionate about the environment. We really care about the amount of stuff that people are throwing away. So it's we not started. Is it? it's we can't. It's, there's, there's things being thrown away that shouldn't be thrown away. Uh, there's things entering the waste stream and uh, going for recycling that are still working. I know that's ludicrous. Why, why recycle something that's still working when somebody else could use it? I'm Mark Phillips. Uh, I'm a documentary photographer, and for the last three years or so, I've been working on a long-term project, which is really trying to show across the world people repairing and the sort of point of it is rather than focusing on the problem which a lot of documentary photographers typically do I want to focus on people trying to provide solutions so it's a much more constructive approach and my hope is eventually to pull together maybe a book that shows different approaches to repair across the world um, community activists examples of people doing repair examples of things being repaired uh, culture education so lots of different ways that people are trying to build a, 
a capability to be able to repair things in the future. I'm Victoria Jackson. This is Sam Jarman. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, we run the Brighton Repair Cafe. We've been doing it for about five years and we know how we can kind of keep it going and we've got some great volunteers. I think it's how we keep it going as volunteers ourselves on top of you know other commitments um, and to re-energise and that, that's what's actually happening here with the, all the people that we're meeting and understanding that instead of feeling like you're just doing this on your own and reinventing the wheel that there are so many people doing a similar thing and it, it, there's a general feeling that you know all of this information is going somewhere so that it becomes more efficient mm. and that's what we're kind of gaining from it and it's working actually isn't it yeah so my name's Catherine Causley and I'm the reuse project officer at Devon County Council and I'm here to find out about all the amazing stuff that the restart project's doing so I'm hoping to find out what all these great groups are doing and see if there's anything I can take back to kind of further help and stimulate the groups in our area um, our repair cafes are doing some fantastic things um, we're working really hard to increase the number of repair cafes we're hoping to more than double them this year and i just want to kind of is there anything good i can pinch really and uh, and and take back to devon i started with restart really early on um and i was about 25 and somewhere down the line i realized it's the first time i've had a crowd you know like i didn't really belong at school and then i didn't really belong at work and i'm always an outsider but any restart event becomes like seeing my family so this is like seeing my whole family really <laughs> I'm Alfred Chow. I'm known as Maker of Things, which is uh, our company. And we're at FixFest today because we were invited to come along to share our experience and knowledge of repair cafes and general fixing and repairing world. And I'm Sue Archer and I'm Mrs. Maker of Things. Uh, So I'm here for the same reasons, just to meet more people and uh, do a bit of fixing maybe. One of the things we noticed was that of the three cubicles in the toilets, one had an out of order sign on it. I thought, given how many people here do fixing, why hasn't it been fixed yet? So I investigated and found the toilet itself is fine, but there's no bolt on the door. So we made a bolt and (laughs) fitted it to the door. Yeah, I mean, I came over to ask you to to, to do this conversation and you literally had a spanner under the table, kind of surreptitiously screwing the the, the bolts in uh, while everybody else was kind of sat at the table around you. That's one of the things of uh, gorilla fixing is that you do it on the quiet and hopefully nobody will notice and nobody will then come chasing after you say oi what are you doing (laughs) is gorilla fixing something you do i mean clearly it's something you do here but is it something you do everywhere you go it is um it's something that we just came up with looking around thinking there's a screw loose there we can fix that one if we had the tools with us hang on i've got the tools in my pockets leatherman tool um and then deciding that if i carry a few more tools and a few screws and a few cable ties and little bits and pieces we can fix an awful lot more stuff so we do we just keep it very very quiet and just do it and then run away in my slightly over dramatic way i like to think that come the apocalypse we're the mammals who are going to just keep scurrying around in the background fixing the things that keep us all going when everyone else is battering on the doors going we can't buy any food we're going well we can get in and do it you know so it's it's a bit of a life skill that's a bit over dramatic but on the other hand resilience and making do is a really useful skill if suddenly you haven't got anything we wouldn't tackle anything that was going to be dangerous really but if it's just a question of a chair back that's a bit wobbly because the screw needs tightening up just do it (laughs) for instance our local doctor's surgery there was a row of chairs that had wobbly backs and they just needed screws putting in and Alfred had some with him so he did it 
And if they'd waited for a, a maintenance person to come and do it, it would have cost them money. They'd have had to wait. They'd have had to make an appointment. Somebody would have come and assessed it and gone away and come back and done the job. Whereas it was, we were there for an appointment anyway, just do it. It's always worth carrying a few little bits and pieces if you can, if you're that way inclined. There's lots of pocket multi-tools. You can always add little bits to it. So just a little case with some spare screws, a couple of bolts and washers. And there's a lot of things that you can fix. There's more things you can carry if you wanted to, but that's entirely personal preference. The only thing I'd say is don't tackle anything that is definitely beyond your means or could pose a danger to anybody else. Don't do electrical stuff. But certainly things that just makes people's lives a little bit easier and saves hundreds of pounds in somebody's budget. It's not saving you anything. You're just going to do the job. But it will save your local council, your local doctor's surgery, the NHS, some local organisation you care about, just that little bit of extra money and makes the community a much nicer and happier place. What are you hoping to get out of this day? Some more knowledge about what other people are doing, the networking that we keep saying we don't like doing, but also it's uh, sharing what we know and what we have done, the unusual things that we will get up to, in the hope that uh, other people will be amused by it and maybe take the initiative themselves and go forth and do some more of it. And the gorilla fixing itself is something we've decided to do a short session on. I do see it very much like the way some people go out and pick up the litter that they see on the street. They see it pick it up, put it in a bin. If we see something needs fixing, we just fix it and walk away from it. Right. And that we find, yeah, if everybody did that, then it just improves everything for the whole community. Have you come across anything that has surprised you or is like a new piece of information, something like that that has come out of today so far? Yeah, I went to a really interesting session earlier on like how to have better repair parties for neurodivergence and you know people who have maybe have autism or other accessibility needs. And it was just like a really good awareness raising session and it wasn't something I'd really thought about before. And yeah, it's made me really think about like how we interact with our volunteers and uh, make sure that we're catering for people as much as possible making it a nice environment have you learned anything new or come across any new ideas that you hadn't considered before today i suppose the main thing that uh, i'm taking away so far from this morning has been the uh, little session we had on neurodivergency um, i'm autistic myself so it's something i'm very aware of for me but there's lots of things i don't know about other people and the issues that uh, they may have to deal with so seeing other people's experiences has been a big one for me. I think that's a really important thing to have within the fixing spaces, to have them be uh, accessible for everybody, so everyone's skills can be brought together. I mean, that's one of the things about like not clapping and all of those kind of things that we try to build into the to the front of the of, of today's sessions. So that's really good to hear that that's that's been valuable. Uh, how about yourself? Oh, I think um, I also also went to the neurodivergence session again. It was very interesting to hear other people's experiences. Experiences. Otherwise, it's just great to see people from all over the country and, you know, discover other groups. Yeah, I've just been in a session about measuring uh, social change as a result of fixing projects. That's uh, really interesting and it's something we haven't really considered before.
And do you have any particularly funny, inspiring or interesting repair stories to share with us from Crystal Palace? Uh, One that immediately sprang to mind was at the last repair party, which was only a few weeks ago, actually. uh, This lady came along with her her next door neighbour and she'd borrowed her next door neighbour's hedge trimmer and had cut through the cord. So together they came along and with the volunteer were trying to fix their hedge trimmer and I think they got a successful fix. Um, And it was just really nice. They'd shared their thing and she'd taken responsibility for breaking it but they'd both come along together and they kind of got a really nice outcome so yeah that's probably my favorite story my dad had this fantastic he's uh, lives in wales but he came down to one of our events and someone came in with a, a fur jacket not unlike this one with a massive great big paint stain from leaning on a railing so it must have been oil-based paint borrowed it from she, her sister or her friend yeah. and she was in trouble yeah <laughs> and so she brought it along to the robert cafe secretly and my dad said i know what i know what you need for that you need sif <laughs> So he went, he, he scurried off, went and bought some SIF. Before we even had a chance to kind of monitor what he was doing, he used SIF on this jacket. And, it uh, worked. It did. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't know which way it was going to go, yeah, that story. We just mentioned it on the train up here today. We're like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that jacket. But the, the person who brought the jacket along was willing to give anything a go. And she was just like, oh, you've got to help me out here. Uh, and we said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen yeah. here. But if you're willing to take the risk, we'll go for it. And it did look like a mangy, yes, yes. And it did look like a mangy animal, the arm of this jacket, for for a while before we had positive results. Yeah. <laughs> Exmouth Repair Cafe recently repaired a porcelain bunny that belonged to a very elderly lady who was in like her 80s um, and that bunny had actually belonged to her mother so um, it was like really old um, and this thing had been fixed and fixed over the years and uh, they put the ear back on it glued the ear back on and tidied up some of the previous fixes that had been done and you know there was no monetary value in here but this for this lady you know it was such a lovely thing that she had from her childhood I'm Celine Sianidjakwa and I come from uh, the Nottingham Fixers and I volunteer there to fix jewelry. For me, the jewelry is there's a lot. It's very emotional. So um, every time there's yeah, touching stories of like someone who hadn't. She had a pair of earrings uh, from her sister who passed away ten years ago, but one earring was missing the hook, and it was it's nothing to fix. And but. She hadn't touched them, so she gave them to me, and I just put a new hook, and straight away she put them on, and uh, yeah, it was very emotional because that was the first time she was wearing them. Ten years later, I recently took a wireless speaker. Came from China, it cost twenty quid. Um, it worked for eight months and then suddenly stopped. And uh, I met this amazing mender called Len, and he spent an hour and a half trying to take it apart. I mean, this thing was glued together, the screws were hidden. And next to me, there was a, a lady came with a big old massive Roberts radio, sort of you know, thirty years old. It had four screws. They took it apart. It was fixed in like 10 minutes. They still hadn't even got into mine. And in the end, actually, my uh, purple speaker couldn't even be fixed. And this lady's, she kept it near where she does her baking. And they hoovered out about half a pan of flour in it. because wow. <laughs> But, you know, this, this radio was so easy to fix because it had literally four screws. It was designed to be fixed. Mine was designed not to be. Right. Um, and sadly, it wasn't. I'm Stuart. I helped start our lab, which is the Reading Hack Space. And out of that 
some collaboration with a, a, a separate group in Reading called uh, Transition Town Reading, we started Reading Repair Cafe. Hackspaces have tools. Most of the time with repair cafes, you're talking about you know small tools, screwdrivers, things like that. But sometimes sort of bigger, more expensive tools are really useful. I'm thinking of things like oscilloscopes. An oscilloscope can tell you more about what's going wrong with with a digital device sort of going on for that is logic analyzers which are sort of like oscilloscopes for digital systems a lot of electronics these days is surface mount and doing some of those you need magnifying equipment you need hot air guns and again hack spaces quite often have a lot of this equipment we've even done bigger things like you know the reading hack space we've got welding equipment and one chap came into one of the repair cafes at the hack space and uh, with a mobility scooter with a seat broken off its mounting and we got the welding stuff out and as you can't necessarily do that every time but you know the, the planets aligned on that particular occasion we had someone who was experienced in welding and he could wield out the, the equipment and weld his seat back onto its wow. post so you know you can perhaps do things that uh, you know you wouldn't think of as as do as possible to do in a repair cafe once you start collaborating the most inspiring thing that i have is we don't only get adults come to our repair events we get youngsters come as well sometimes quite young i call them munchkins um so the little people will come along and we will help them to repair their toys we'll help them to repair their ds light games machines their headphones and it's inspiring to try to develop the culture of repair rather than throw away and purchase new in the next generation and hopefully they will then become the repairers uh, uh, in the future yeah absolutely right if, if, we, if we don't inspire them to fix things then then there won't be a future of repair indeed i think men, many of our generation have got it very wrong with the linear economy that we've got and there's some of us trying to champion the circular economy but i think the real hope in trying to achieve that is in the next generation the first repair cafe took place in the netherlands in 2009 and we believe that community repair events started in the uk in 2012 uh, so we're going to ask chris and jan dyer from malvern hills if they would like to t- tell the story of, of making their first event yeah well we saw um, an article on what was then the repair cafe forum i think in the Netherlands and thought ah oh, that's that would work in Malvern because there's a very high percentage of retired technical and professional people you know, the, the army was there the research establishment was there over time so when we returned to Malvern um, we put a, a publicity article in the paper to tell people it was going to be happening I think it was the first Saturday in December 2012 we got repairers, volunteers from our friends in the Green Party, Transition, and various other environmental groups based in Malvern. So on that very first day, we were open for about three hours. We were given the, the use of the local community centre, which has now become a very vibrant hub free. So we had no costs. We just bought some local cakes from the WI stall on the Friday to sell and we made the tea and coffee ourselves. We had seven repairers, five of those are still with us six years later and we had 33 people through the door and we were in this huge hall, it was quite cold and uh, it was a really successful morning and everybody loved it. We had a comment sheet on the door 
for both the repairers and volunteers to complete and and the customers and everybody was so enthusiastic about it we thought right we'll we'll do this again and that's what we've been doing ever since once a month contrary to the um uh you know amsterdam's advice we actually made a profit on the first day which was extremely encouraging Do you have any thoughts on how repair groups can collaborate with each other going forwards to kind of build a kind of better repair community? Restart Project have a social network that uh, is connecting people and has lots of tools for recording the amount of things that are being fixed at repair cafes and similar events. I think that's a really brilliant thing that they've done because it seems like it's really easy to use. I haven't actually signed up for it yet, but it looks like a really great tool in terms of promoting repair cafes and also recording the good stuff we do like saving stuff from landfill that means we can show that as evidence to people about what we've done right right the kind of fixometer sort of side of things right yeah i guess get on this new thing that a restart project have started up with the fixometer and things they've got a wiki on there for people to add you know their own experience of fixing different uh, items so sharing information in that way is a really good thing and i guess also getting on social media probably getting on twitter i really like twitter i know not everyone does and just staying in touch i guess and also we've had people come who wanted to set up repair cafes just come and visit us and ask us pick our brains about it and that's a really good thing to do as well and i would encourage anyone who's thinking about it just to find their nearest one which i guess if you're thinking of setting one up the nearest one might not be that near but I'd say it's definitely worth a trip to the nearest one to pick their brains because the kind of people who do repairs on other people's stuff for free are generally quite nice people and they will be more than helpful, I would say. Just give them an email and then go along. Hi, my name's Chris. I've come here today because I'm interested in setting up a repair cafe um, in Stratford, which is in Manchester, for those that don't know. I've met a few people and it's going to be following up with those people. But I did find out that there's two repair cafes in Manchester and I thought there was only one. Um, so that's interesting. I'm intrigued to see how they interact with their local community and the need for lots of repair cafes in a, in a sort of in, a, in an area like Manchester. We've been collecting lots of data on every repair that comes in, uh, but actually haven't got time to do anything with it. And one of the things that's been great today has been to think about how we could collectively bring that information together with the other people from different repair organisations to start thinking about how we put pressure on industry, which is something we've been wanting to do but haven't had the facilities to do or the um the big picture the the fact that everyone is heading in the same direction and we're not feeling like we're on our own is brilliant and um being able to add information to the restart community online is just like a godsend because we know that all the information that we've collected we can actually start putting somewhere and just meeting everyone everyone's doing it slightly differently but we're all on the same trajectory just being able to catch up with people and people that we, you know you, you hear about or you've tweeted or emailed but you're putting a, a face to a name it's great isn't it? mm. I think uh, for me some of the um, more technical stuff which is not my remit particularly and understanding about some of the policies that are happening right now kind of getting insights into things that even though we're like really aware of a lot of the issues around repair because of our own work and research and things there are still things that weren't on our radar that um, other people have brought up they brought their kind of technical side and perspective 
uh, to kind of inform us today? I think the, the Fix Fest is a great start in that and Restarters.net has been set up so that different repair groups can collaborate and share information. I think different groups have different experiences, they have different issues, some things won't translate and work. But those things that do translate and work are best shared so that people aren't reinventing the wheel and making the same mistakes. And I think we've got a lot to learn from each other and uh, benefit from each other's experiences. This year's FixFest showed the power of people gathering together to strengthen and energise the repair movement across the UK. We celebrated the joy of meeting face-to-face, but also how it's important to maintain that motivation and momentum by keeping engaged with each other online. For fixers wanting to support each other, the URL for our online platform is restarters.net. At FixFest, 25 community repair groups drafted the Manchester Declaration, which collects together the grassroots frustrations experienced by people at our events when they realise that their products are breaking long before they should. We can't wait for the next edition of FixFest, which will be coming in 2019. Stay tuned to the podcast because in future episodes, we'll be making announcements about when that will be happening. Community repair events are spaces of hope, a seed of social change that will hopefully grow towards a future where repair is more central to the economy and where manufacturers lower the barriers to fixing the things that we own. More than that, the spread of community repair events across the country and the strengthening of the connections between the events and the organisations that run them symbolise a growing movement, celebrating repair and finding ways to change the global by starting with the local. Restart Radio is a show aired on Resonance 104.4 FM and a monthly podcast uploaded to the Restart Project website and found wherever you get your podcasts. As with all episodes of Restart Radio, we'll include links with background information to all of the issues and stories discussed over at therestartproject.org. The music that you've heard in today's episode was made with lasers and repurposed electronics and is a collaboration between Opto Noise and Cassini Sound. Big thanks to Restart's communications assistant, Isabel, who did the research and planning for this episode. It's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, everybody.